Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good friend, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm about to. This is uh, my weekend starts tomorrow, so I'm kind of tonight, so got a longer weekend, and I'm looking forward to it. Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got to go retrieve my daughter uh, from college. She's coming home for for uh, the Thanksgiving week. They get the entire week off, which is kind of nice next week. So going to go pick her up. And I've just been informed that she and her roommate have a gerbil, and she's bringing the gerbil home for the week. I guess they drew straws or, or who's going to get to take the gerbil home for Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but... Um, well, you, there's there's some precedent there, right? She sort of enjoys the the procurement of a small animal, but then it doesn't always uh, carry forward into the the lifetime care and feeding of the small animal. <laughs> this is very true, and so of course, this is what my my brain has been thinking about is that yes, indeed, I did something similar in college where I. Uh, I did an internship in my junior year, and the the cat that I had living with me in my apartment at school, the roommates I had there were not willing to uh, take care of the cat while I was off for a semester in a different city. So I brought the cat home, left it at my parents, and it there remained until at the end of its life. <laughs> well, turnabout is fair play then. Yeah, I guess so. So well, as long as she, we're going to make sure she carries that thing back with her when we drive her back in a week. Maybe I'll grow attached to it. Who knows? I'm not one for very small little rodents in cages, though. But yeah. yeah. So how are you? I am doing all right. I am uh, recovering from some frustration earlier this week. It's been uh, kind of up and down, and it feels like it's trending up. So uh, that's good. I uh, will not be starting my weekend tonight. I'm doing a panel downtown. Uh, it's for a, a data center conference, but the the panel that I'm on is kind of a little bit of everything. Like I, I'm imagining that it's going to be one of those panels that we are just all over the map. Um, and it's uh, 8.30 in the morning, so we get to be all over the map for 10 bleary-eyed uh, people that are yeah. just waking up. Indeed. Well, then, you know, you can be all over the map and it won't matter, I suppose, at that hour. Who That's knows? Right. People right. be eating, clinking. Just fill the time and enjoy it and be done. So, Well, good luck with it. Hope it goes well. Thank you. So you are kind of wrapping up, I think, or you're at least in the third quarter on um, a series of emerging tech uh, research briefs that you're doing. Or I don't know what you're calling them exactly, so you can, you can tell me. But um, you're looking at AI and blockchain and other things. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because you've got kind of an interesting take on emerging technology. And I know it's something that we here at CompTIA are putting a lot of emphasis on going forward. And it's an interesting space, for sure, and, and we're all going to have to you know, pay attention to it in the coming, uh, in the coming year. So give me, give me a sense of what you guys have been working on. I know Tim's been involved, too. Right, yeah. To, to say it's in the third quarter is maybe a little optimistic. We're, pro we're probably about halfway through what we want to do with this one. And it, it started the way a lot of our studies do, just thinking that we're going to do a study here on emerging technology. Uh, and like you said, within CompTIA, that's been kind of a drumbeat throughout this year and definitely growing into next year that we want to be 
on the cutting edge and we want to have some opinions there and we want to be describing what's going on in the, on the landscape and what some of the challenges are and maybe what some of the use cases are. And so we launched a study for emerging technology and this was a bit of a follow-on to a study that we had done last year. Uh, it was actually part of our Internet of Things study. We, we just did a little dive into emerging tech just to gauge awareness uh, and then we wrote a single brief that kind of collapsed all of them together. So this year we went into it and I think we went into it believing that it was going to be a single study, but probably a little bit larger than normal uh, because we were going to be expanding each one of these technologies that we had in the survey. And there's a list of maybe eight, 10 or so of them. Um, and going through the, the process, I think really showed me that there's a challenge out there that I think we have at CompTIA that, that we, we've gotten into by, by wanting to be talking about emerging tech. But I think it's also happening within the industry, this, this belief that emerging tech is a topic unto itself that can be discussed. And what we ran into in the study is if you're trying to talk about emerging tech in the space that you would normally handle any one given topic, you're, you're immediately trying to boil the ocean because you've got many different topics. So like I said, we've got eight or so different technologies and, and we're beginning to want to cover maybe not all of them, but several of them at the same level of depth that we would a single technology like cloud computing in the past or mobile devices or security. And it's, it's not feasible, right? You know, the, the way that we would really want to do this study, if we were going to focus on different technologies, we would kind of expand the, the budget, you know, both in time and money that we spent. And, and we did send out surveys to more than one audience for this one, which was a little different than what we usually do. But it, it definitely becomes unwieldy. And so going through it and, and talking to some people, looking at some of the initiatives that we had inside of CompTIA that we were labeling at least as a first step as emerging tech, I really felt like there, we, we have to define the, the conversation a little bit more closely. Uh, and to me, there are three different ways that you can talk about emerging tech and you can try to cover the things that people are interested in, but you, you just have to know what you're talking about. And so the first bucket there is a collection of different technologies. And so you can talk about artificial intelligence and blockchain and virtual reality and quantum computing if you want to get really crazy. You can talk about all these things, but that's where you, you start getting your hands full and you have a lot to talk about. And if you're trying to convene a community or a group of people and say, let's talk about emerging technology, that conversation is going to spiral out of control kind of quickly. Right. The other two buckets I think are a little bit more defined and, and I think it begins to get more at the heart of what businesses are truly interested in when they're thinking that technology adoption is accelerating and when they're thinking that there's a whole lot more technology out there that they would like to try to adopt. So the second bucket is the way that technologies combine in order to produce some kind of a business outcome. And I think the easiest example to think about here is automation. So you don't go out and buy automation, um, mm. but you achieve automation by putting together some maybe Internet of Things, some artificial intelligence, a lot of standard components with networking and, and servers and virtualization and cloud. So you're combining all of these disparate technologies 
and you're achieving automation or you could achieve agility, you could achieve maybe collaboration. And I, and I think that's an interesting discussion to, to think about what is the business really after and now begin to walk backwards and now you're going to start to get into which technologies do you pull into the solution. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a really interesting topic and I think we will look at automation as part of this overall study that we're doing. And then the final bucket that I think is interesting is how are companies restructuring themselves or, um, or maybe trying to change their culture in order to adopt technology more quickly? Uh, and so we saw in one of my earlier studies this year, digital organizations, we asked how companies were trying to stay on the cutting edge. And, and one of the options there was like an innovation lab. And we don't see that happening all over the place, but we definitely see it happening at larger companies where it's kind of this uh, cross matrix team from a lot of different disciplines and they come together and their, their purpose is to try to evaluate things that are out there for the purpose of fitting it into the business. And so that's one example of a thing that a business might do to try to accelerate adoption a little bit. Um, and, and I think there's a whole set of those things that can be discussed. And again, you're not diving into an individual technology and saying, is it ready for prime time yet? You're talking about business structure and business culture. So I think those last two buckets are, are more interesting um, in terms of a single conversation. The, the mm-hmm. first bucket, the one that everyone sort of tends to think about when you say emerging technology is, is the one that I think is going to splinter pretty quickly. And rather than trying to talk about a collection of technologies in one place, you're going to talk about each technology individually, and you're going to have a group that's maybe focused on artificial intelligence. And you're going to have a group that's interested on how does virtual reality play out in the business world. And I think it's better to separate out those technical discussions and then um, focus on on the, the second two buckets where, where you're talking about the, the collection of these things and the structure of a business. No, I totally agree with you. I think um, the term emerging technology is too much of an umbrella term. Uh, and and I, I think when you, I agree with you in terms of having uh, discrete discussions uh, about each of the individual technologies is probably more useful than lumping them all together and trying to have some kind of a cohesive conversation about how, how all of them interconnect. Or, and But I think more importantly, and we've been talking about this all year and, and over the last couple of years is that it really getting away from the technology specific conversation and getting into business conversations and how important it is no matter where you're coming at it from if you're an IT pro a CIO within within a big company or if you're a channel company uh, who is you know working with your customers is you is, is moving away from going in and saying hey I'm really an expert on artificial intelligence and really talking more about like your second bucket, how to automate a company, you know, a company's processes and whatever business they they happen to be running, and you 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 use those tools at your disposal, the technology tools, but they're really not the main framework of the conversation. Um, they're just the you know they're the fuel, I guess, behind coming up with the solution, but they're not really the goal. I guess the goal is the business outcome that you're going to provide to customers. And I think more and more as we see, we, we talked a, a, uh, earlier, Volley, about my line of business buyer study. But as you see more uh, non-technical people 
who are involved in the procurement of technology or in the decision making, which is probably more important, the decision making around um, what types of solutions they're going to use or who they want to work with. Um, they are completely uh, laser focused on the business outcome or the goal or the problem that they're trying to solve related to the business. And so, you know, they may be, you know, they may have stars in their eyes over some of these new emerging texts that we talk about and like, oh, that's cool. It's, you know, and I think a, a good place to try those out would be, like you said, some of these innovation labs and that you talked about in, in bucket three here that a larger company, I would think, could put together. And, and we've seen, you've talked about it, the evolution of the IT department and how there's now new teams that are devoted completely to how companies digitize themselves. And they aren't necessarily the IT team, the old guard IT team. And they may act in parallel, they may act together, they may, may overtake the other. I don't, you know, I'm sure there's all different scenarios that play out as companies try to move into the digital world completely. But I like I like this structure. I like the way that you've outlined this. I think that that makes total sense, and I think it's quite important for us to um, consider the individual technologies apart from the the larger umbrella of emerging technology because that can mean so many different things. And I think you hit on a really interesting point in your discussion there. the The way that IT gets done has has changed, and what IT means to a business, and and when we say emerging technologies, and what we mean is an, a collection of individual technologies, I, I think there's a lot of old school thinking in there. Whether you're talking about how do I sell X, Y, or Z, and I just have to learn what this thing is and how it fits in, and then I'm going to fit it into my existing selling model, or how do I support it, or what are the skills that I need? All of those questions are still somewhat valid, but the bigger question that's out there is what do IT operations look like today? And if you're a CIO or a virtual CIO or a CTO or one of these line of business IT procurement people, what exactly is happening? And then if you are in the IT function, whether you're in an internal IT department, you're an IT professional, or whether it's a third party channel firm or something like that, how do you fit into this new model, this new way of doing things? Uh, I, I think that we've, we've had our old way of doing things for quite a while now. I think as much change as there has been, there, there hasn't been a, a, a sea change in the way that IT gets done until we came to cloud computing. We, we've described three different eras of technology but I think even in those first two eras, mainframe and PC slash internet, there's a lot of commonality and a lot of distribution remained the same and things didn't change that drastically um, until we kind of hit the 2000s and the internet really did begin to change distribution and then cloud computing changed where you're actually doing the work. And, and now all of a sudden, I think if you look at any you know, kind of company, just your average everyday company and, and what they're doing with their IT or what they would do today if they were to start with a blank slate, it would look very different. And the way that you fit into that and support that is going to look very different as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And just thinking about that from a, from a channel perspective, the folks in that ecosystem are going through all kinds of um, 
all kinds of hoops right now to try to figure out how to work in this in this new environment. And they are very, you know, they're all trying to digitize. So we talk about that so much. So end user companies are trying to move to all digital as much as they possibly can. And in order to enable that, these third-party channel firms, and yes, the IT pros who work with um, work within these companies, all have to figure out the best approach to that. And I think, I think at least speaking for the channel, I think we are a long ways from really fully understanding a how to monetize a lot of these emerging technologies that are out there, how customers want to use these emerging technologies, how to advise customers. And again, you just brought up the point where if you started a company today, you would start a company, you know, very differently in terms of uh, how the technology is utilized and what technology that you would use. And so you've got channel firms who work with companies that are, you know, have been around for a long time and they are very old school and they're entrenched in their technology is what we, you know, we're all very familiar with. And then they are courting new customers who may want to start from the ground, from ground zero at, you know, a fully digitized cloud-based type of company with all of the bells and whistles that come with some of these new technologies. And uh, that's a challenge for a small cha- channel firm to be able to cater to those two groups and get, you know, get the old group up to speed and be able to offer the, the newer companies um, all the cutting edge stuff that they're looking at uh, as they start out. So I think the next two to five years are going to be really interesting in terms of how people buy technology, how people use it and, uh, and how people sell it. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to give a, a quick overview of what we've already done and then what we're planning to do, um, like you said at the beginning, this isn't a single uh, report that's coming out from us. We, we are breaking it into a series of briefs, and some of those briefs are going to focus on individual technologies, and those are the ones that are out there today. There's one on artificial intelligence, and there's one that might be up by the end of the week, but for sure uh, sometime next week on blockchain. And then I'm probably going to do one on virtual reality and augmented reality. And to, to very quickly highlight some of the, the things that are in these first two briefs, artificial intelligence, uh, people are looking at that and they're kind of saying, what do we need to know about that? And again, if you're coming at it and saying, how would I sell artificial intelligence or how would I implement artificial intelligence? I think one of the things that's happening is artificial intelligence isn't a thing that would come to you as an IT professional or IT implementer, and then you would plug it in. It's going to come baked into a lot of the things that you're already getting. And I Mm -hmm. referenced Microsoft and their latest partner summit, and the way that they described artificial intelligence, they didn't come out and say, here is the new Microsoft AI. They said, here's Microsoft Office, Office 365. And here's how we're using artificial intelligence in that. So you certainly have to know what's going on and what it's doing, but it's it's baked in. Uh, and there mm-hmm. aren't that many companies that are going to be directly working with artificial intelligence and, and trying to uh, build a product around it. It's just going to come to them, and then they're going to figure out what that means. And again, maybe how they would automate more or something like that. Blockchain is somewhat similar. Um, At a really high level, blockchain is a way of capturing transactions without using a central repository. And so the ledger of these transactions is distributed to many different computing nodes. Uh, And and the system that blockchain might support 
is, is again, the system that a business is probably going to be focused on. So they're going to be focused on how do we do digital identity? How do we do uh, smart contracts, things like that? If blockchain is the underlying technology and if that gives them a cost benefit or a speed benefit, then that's great. But they're probably not going to be saying, I need to get blockchain. They're, they're going to be focused on that higher level application. And I right. think one of the tricks with blockchain, especially if you think about it like in the smart contract world, is everyone, all the parties involved have to be using that underlying blockchain technology. It's not necessarily something in many cases that an individual business can can bring in and adopt and say, now this system is using blockchain. There are some examples of that, but the, the most famous example of, of blockchain right now is Bitcoin. And that's obviously a, a highly distributed system. It's not one central location saying, here is our blockchain application. There's a lot of people that have to agree on that. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to see with blockchain adoption is that you've got to get a lot of parties agreeing. And for a lot of these transactional systems that are in place today, there are a lot of parties involved. And so getting that mass adoption is probably going to take some time. Uh, so those are the two that we have out there right now. Sorry, you're going to say something? Yeah, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna draw an analogy because it really seems like some these these emerging technologies, as you said, that are baked into something else, the larger solution that you're looking for, are uh, they, they just become enabling technologies like 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 chips? And you know, you know, you know the world of of chips. We weren't you weren't selling those. They were going into something else, and that was you know the product that you know a gaming machine or whatever it was. That was the product that the end user was interested in, and what was the enabling technology behind that, in this case, a semiconductor of some sort, um, was immaterial. And, and, and not, not immaterial in terms of its technical capabilities, but immaterial in terms of its saleability. That wasn't what was selling the, you know, selling the product. Right, right. Encryption well, might be another good example, right? Like encryption is something that you need for security. And a lot of people will say, you know, this is how our encryption works, or these are, this is where data is being encrypted, but people aren't selling encryption. encryption. You know, they're selling right. a system that relies on encryption. Yep. Yeah. We talk about that with cloud too. You're not really selling cloud, just like you're not, you know, you've never been selling the internet. These are all just the underlying fundamentals that help fuel the real solutions that people are looking for. I think cloud is funny, and I think cloud has has shaped some of this discussion because uh, half the time you're right that cloud is this enabling technology and then half the time you actually could sell something directly like if it's software as a service or if you actually right. have a customer that wants to directly use some cloud infrastructure then then those are things that could be sold uh, and, and I think that because you have been able to directly sell cloud in some cases people are extrapolating that and they're like, oh, well, we can directly sell all these other things. And it's like, no, think think more about the enabling function of cloud and not the direct sales capabilities. Right. Right. That's a good point. So, so yeah, there, there will be more to come from us. We're, we're going to have a series of these. I'm going to get out that uh, VR, AR brief. Then I'll probably do one on uh, automation. And then we're looking at, at some... Uh, audiences too. So we're, we're going to put out a brief for the government space and like what things they might need to be considering as all these new technologies are coming down the pipe. So it will be a series of pieces and it will probably go sometime into the first quarter of next year. Uh, but there's, there's one my heavy, 
heavy reading for me. Oh. Heavy reading. I need to I need to get up to speed on blockchain in particular because that one doesn't. I can't wrap my head around it, but I'll be reading your brief to oh. educate myself. Educate myself. Well, hopefully it hopefully it does the trick. Good. <laughs> so, what else are we talking about this week? So, I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about a, a lot of the things that have been happening in the news around um, sexual harassment and accusations of. Uh, improper conduct and just a lot of people, a lot of men that are getting coming under the microscope and in many cases, you know, having their their careers disrupted. And it feels to me like there's a little bit of a of a change in the weather here, and there's kind of a turning point where there's this realization that it, this is just incredibly widespread. And and I'm a guy, so I know that that comes off as me waking up to this situation that's been going on for a long time. Um, but the, the part that I wanted to talk about, I mean, I'd be interested in, in your thoughts on the situation and what's happening there. But since we focus on technology stuff here, I, I think there's a technology angle in, in the ability that people have to, to speak up uh, and in the ability that people have to find that they're not alone and that there's a community. And a lot of this is around social media. And I think there are pros and cons of social media. You and I have talked about some of them. And, you know, on the downside, there's a lot of opinions that can go out there and the opinions don't always have to be sourced and they can be uninformed. And all of a sudden you've got uh, false stories that are propagating. But on the positive side, everyone has a voice and they can speak up and they can be known. And, And again, you lose some of the stigma of speaking up and you you feel like uh, there's a community of people, and and maybe if you weren't going to speak up before, then that gives you some confidence to do so. And I think that's a really great thing. If if we're able now to highlight some behavior that hasn't been good or something that needs to change, then I I think we're getting more of an ability to do that. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's been quite a um, few weeks here in terms of uh, the news around sexual assault and sexual harassment and the interplay in the workplace and all of that. And as a woman, I can tell you that it's all true. Um, and and I, the one thing I have found remarkable, and this is no offense to your particular, you as a, as a man particularly, but is that how surprised guys seem to be that this goes on. Like, oh my God, I never knew it was like this, you know, this widespread. Well, it is. So I'll just say that, my, my little soapbox for our uh, our edition of Ollie here. But to your point about social media, um, I think you're right. Social media is one of these things. It's like the devil and the angel thing on your shoulder. It could be really great or it can be, to me, pretty horrific uh, when it comes to free speech. So you've got you know people who are uninformed spouting off about X, Y, and Z on the internet because they have a forum now and they can speak. Okay, more power to them. I don't know that that's always the most positive thing in the world and it can be somewhat negative at times and it can be damaging. Um on the, on the op, on the other side, though, as you said, is that it, it does provide people with a, a community um, to speak out. And one of the, I mean, one of the horrific parts of this whole sexual harassment thing is it's really about power, and it's about 
women or men, whoever have been the victims here, who are in a workplace where they are afraid to speak out because um, the person who perpetrated whatever they did is is above them in the in the chain of hierarchy, and they don't want to lose their job or they don't want to um, you know, not be promoted, and they're and they've been, remained silent for all these years. Well, I think social media and the ability to speak in, in a group. And to have, you know, obviously um, numbers matter, so you've got strength in numbers, uh, is allowed some people, some brave people to begin speaking up. And once a few do, then the forum is open. And then you have many people who are like, you know what, this is ridiculous. I am going to say what happened to me. And it's true, and I hope you'll believe me. And the one great thing I think that's been happening over the last couple of weeks is people are being believed. And I think what has happened in the past is, you know, without social media is that, you know, one lone victim would go to their HR department or go or tell a friend or whatever, and it wouldn't be believed. And it was just kept, you know, it was kept under wraps. And now with the ability to broadcast, if you will, um, these things out and find like-minded people and other um, people who have been affected as you have been, um, it really does, I think, help. I mean, I think it is a, a very positive development in terms of being able to speak up and not be afraid to speak truth to power, you know? Yeah, I, I am guilty as charged of never recognizing how widespread the situation was because of my own bubble of personal experience. And, and so it's, it's really been an eye opener for me and it's, it's caused me to rethink a lot of things that we have. And I, I agree with you that uh, it's really comforting to see that claims are not being dismissed. Um, and, and I've, I've thought about how that plays out. Like when you go to HR or something like that and, um, maybe belief isn't you know quite the right word. Like you don't want to take something uh, and, and assume that it's true, and then assume that if what you're saying is true, then you know then therefore this person is going to be punished or whatever. But you at least want it to be taken seriously. You don't want it to be dismissed. And right. and and so you know if I'm if I'm getting the terminology wrong there, then uh, forgive me. But I, I do feel like at least things are being taken seriously, and that's. A great step, and I'm, you know, as as um, ashamed as I am for not being aware of this up until this point. I'm excited to see where it's going to go, and and what new things we can build. Where if we if we might point at something and say, well, this is the way that things have always been done, even if that's not directly related to any of the issues that are coming up, it's still worth rethinking and thinking: is there a new way to do things? that really includes everyone and keeps everyone safe uh, and and allows everyone to feel like they've got an equal chance to contribute. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. And, and, you know, to bring it back to our, you know, topical area, I mean, it's the, the tech industry. It's not just the, it's all, it's all industries. This happens everywhere, but you know, the tech industry in particular has been called out for, um, for a lot of these transgressions. And I think that they are all, a lot of these companies are wrestling with, um, making the types of changes that you, that you mentioned here and figuring out how to best reorient corporate culture and corporate, uh, you know, policies 
you know, well, you know, I say policies, but, you know, most companies do have sexual harassment policies. Um, And so they're in place. It's really more about women finally vocalizing when things happen to them and then actually being like being taken seriously. And then, like you said, you don't, you know, innocent until proven guilty, but being taken seriously when you go and report something so that they actually look into it. Yeah. Like that's important. But, but the thing is, you know, I, I mean, there've been these policies been in place for decades now, almost. I mean, we're not living in the madman era anymore. I mean, we, in most of my working career life, there've been sexual harassment policies and training and all of that. So it's, it's really not about that, having those policies, but it's about, um, I think this is much more of a, a societal, cultural thing where women didn't report and men felt entitled. And that is a, that's something that we really have to work hard to change. And I lo- what's happening now, I think, is going to, this will be one of the top stories of the year. I was talking to a good friend the other day about that. You know, what are, you know every, every year around December you do. Uh, you know, Time Magazine and all the, they'll all have their top stories of the year. And, you know, we've got, obviously we'll have, you know, Trump presidency stuff. And then we'll, you know, probably have something, maybe North Korea is a top story of the year. Um, But I think this whole backlash around sexual harassment and the gender wars, I guess, if you want, if you will, is going to be one of the top stories as well. Yeah. And you'll, uh, you'll have some input on that because you have a study coming up on diversity, particularly within the technology industry, right? But just at least gathering some data and beginning to understand some of the the feelings out there and and where there might be policies or where policies maybe aren't enough. And so that'll be coming up in the next couple months. Yeah, I'm working on that now. So the data is all back. I've been kind of diving into it. And we took a look. We wanted to look at diversity in the tech industry specifically, but we also fielded a separate st- uh, survey out to other um, other d- industries, so any anything but the tech industry, so manufacturing, retail, healthcare, et cetera. So I'm able to do a comparison um, across, you know, how the tech industry attitudes about diversity versus the – I call them the general business, meaning other businesses' attitudes. And on first glance at all of the data, there's some, there are some differences. And we've done a lot of segmentation. So I've got gender, uh, gender-based data so we can look at how the women answered these questions versus how the men answered these questions. And uh, we can look at uh, how different age categories answered the questions and uh, different um, standing within job roles, you know, whether the executives answered questions differently than um, staff would answer questions. And it's, you know, it's really very specific on diversity in the workplace. Um, there are, you know, a lot of questions about some of the stereotypes that might be out there. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm not going to give you any specific data points right now because I'm, I'm really just going through this stuff. But uh, I think the study itself is going to be fairly eye-opening uh, and should hopefully generate a lot of uh, in this particular environment, what's going on today, it should generate some some strong interest, let's hope, um, to look for it, hopefully before the end of the year, if not first thing in January. Well, I will look forward to that. And uh, Yes, yeah, so I'm reading blockchain. You yeah. can read about the diversity report. Yep, yep, we'll, uh, we'll swap reports, so. Yes, yes, we both get educated, but, uh, but yes, look for it, and, uh, and, um, I guess we're off until Thanksgiving and for our next volley. We won't do it until after the after Turkey Day. Yeah, yeah. So uh so what are you thankful for? 
Oh boy, I hate that question. Sometimes my parents do that. We go around the table and I say that. Um, well, see, I'm, uh, you know, this is a dry run. You can have, now when you go around the table, yeah. you'll have your answer ready. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful every day for being alive. Let's just say that. <laughs> that is a, a good thing. Yeah. I like to wake up and breathe every day. I can, I'm thankful to be able to walk on my two feet and go for a run and, and thankful that uh, my kids are doing well and now I'm going on and on. So I don't want to make you cry or anything, but you, you, what are you thankful for? Well, you know, I mean, now I have to follow that, right? So, um, yes, you, do. you know, I, I could say the same thing, but I'm going to go all the way the other way and go like pretty trite. I'm, I'm thankful for Super Mario Odyssey. I, I know you don't do video games, but you must know like who Mario is. I do. Um, Nintendo just released the, the new Mario game last week, and I've been playing it quite a bit, and it is glorious and so much fun, and I just like it a lot, and uh, I expect that I'll be spending more time with it next week uh, on the okay. holiday break, so I'll take, I'll take that one. Okay, I'll let you have that one. Okay. I mean, we can't diss Mario. I even know who that is, and you know I have zero to do with video games, but everybody knows who Super Mario is, I think. All right, my friend. Well, enjoy your long weekend. Uh, enjoy having that gerbil in the house. And <laughs> we will talk to you again soon. Yes. All righty. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. Bye.